We'd like to invite your Holy Spirit to be in us with us, man. God, we ask you to direct us, you know, because, man, we, we don't want to go anywhere in this where you ain't going. Thank you, sir, for your amazing grace. And sometimes amazing don't seem like a big enough, good enough word for that one. And I thank you for your mercy and your love. And I know that we can trust you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, Lachko Natupta, which is Denaina for it is so our Father. Lachko is the same as Amen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were praying, singing songs and praying earlier today, and that was what was coming out. Not not a feeling of, of dirtiness, but just a prayer, you know, cleanse the founts, shine your light in my heart, that what the Spirit pours into us is able to come out pure, and that there, we're able to flow with the Spirit without bringing out stuff that was in us that wasn't supposed to <laughs> come through with it. I kind of look at it this way, man. Look, I know that I've been redeemed and set free by Jesus Christ, but I'm still a human being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now you stand in a grocery line at the checkout and look at all the magazines that are in your face right there. You know, all that trash that's right at you. You know, and, and inevitably, man, you know, for me, like, you know, Satan will sometimes try to sneak up in there and bombard my thoughts and I don't catch on that it's him right away, you know? <laughs> Paul said, I die daily. Now, you know, I know he said, I die to myself, his nature daily. Man, on a daily basis, I gotta go, God, hey, you know, I don't make it throughout hardly a day where I don't, I don't think something wrong or I say something wrong to somebody or I do something wrong. Yeah. A, when Jesus resurrected and went up there to his dad and he sat down at his right hand, he'd go, hey, can somebody get me a bagel with some of that, you know, salmon and cheese on it there? I really got, and a latte, please. I got a real taste for that when I was down there, you know? He didn't do that, man. He sat down at his father's right hand and it says he ever lives to make intercession for you and me. Yeah. Well, man, if he's ever living to do it, that means I ever need it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't be ever doing it if I didn't need it, you know? Yeah. So on a daily basis, I'm like, pray on, Jesus, pray on, man. You know? <laughs> Get back with your man. <laughs> out there going to pray for me, you know? So that's, I like to start it out like that so to make sure that my heart is right before God. Cleanse my heart. I'll, man, always, when I talk to God, you know, I, I, he's, he's my adopted father. He's my father. So I have legal right to go before his throne. That other guy that wanders to and fro, he ain't got legal right to be there. I got the legal right as an adopted son of God to come before that throne. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And when I ever, whenever I come before that, I say, sir, cleanse my heart that I could come before you with a right heart. Because I want to make sure this is right when I'm coming into his presence. And when I'm coming, usually when, I, when I'm doing that, I'm not coming for myself. But I'm coming for a brother or I'm coming for a sister or someone else who's put their need to me. Say, man, would you pray? You know, I don't usually ask people to pray for me because I don't figure you can pray for me as good as I can. I ask you to pray with me. You see what I'm saying? Because two, two of us united, three of us united. That prayer is powerful. One person praying puts a thousand demons to flight. Two people praying put 10,000 demons to flight. Three people praying, you got to get my son Nathaniel to tell you the math. Because yeah. I don't know if it tells you in the book. <laughs> so that, you know, that's why I like to start it out that way. I want to I want to pray. And you, you you know, us as brothers, man, that, I know there's a passage in the book that says, where brothers dwell in unity, God commands a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So God's a God of unity. And if he commands it, do you think it's going to happen? 
<laughs> light didn't get to go to be or not to be. Yeah. You know, light had to be. So if God's come, I want to be in unity with my brothers so that we can walk in that blessing of God and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know? There, there's an idea of, I'm going to call this guy because he's close to God or this famous preacher and he'll pray for me. And it, it does say to, to pray for others for healing because there's times you can't lift yourself up. But yeah. it, when you are wanting to pray through something, you're wanting a breakthrough in your life, you're wanting, you're, you're needing something to happen. It's not, hey, can you pray for me, Mattis? Yeah. Let's get, let's come together and do this work together. Let's pray together. It's mm-hmm. That, that that dwelling in unity, a brother's dwelling in unity, God commands that blessing. So if you and I come together and we're going to pray for whatever your need is, you know what I'm saying, or somebody else's need, God's going to command a blessing on that. Yeah. It's like building a house. You know, you, you don't sit in the house while, while everybody else is working. You get out there and you all work together yeah. to <laughs> construct it. Yeah. Around my house, you ain't sitting inside too long. (laughs) (laughs) So you was talking about, you know, culture and God redeeming culture. You wanted to go that direction today. And I I love, like, Eric, you know, you're you're the same tribe as my wife, you know. And I've really learned over the the time with my wife, you know, one has got a master's degree in linguistics and education and Athabascan studies. So that girl has worked hard to achieve that, and she's one of the first people, uh, first there's a few of them, but one of those few that really started working to begin to get that Kenai language revived, you know? And I love it when she speaks it, you know, because when I talk it, I talk it like a white guy that don't even talk English right. But when she talks it, you can hear the accent come through. Yeah. You know, you hear the beauty of, of that, that language, that gift that God gave your people. You know what I'm saying? That gift of language, you know. And she's one of the few that's actually trying to bring it back because it is a lost language now. And yeah. There's, there's no more elders that speak it. And she's one of the few that speaks it fluently enough to where you can, it does sound beautiful and you're not just spitting in. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, because the tribe will ask us sometimes, say, hey, Wanda, will you come give the, you know, the, the, the invocation here, you know? And, and, uh, I don't know if I want to say this to my life, but I'm like, you know, baby, when you get up there, just pray whatever you want to pray. Because you can speak it in the language and most of them folk ain't going to understand anyway. You know what I'm <laughs> but she'll often do the Lord's Prayer, and it's fantastic. You know, uh, in in Denaina or Denaina, it's it's the Lord's Prayer. Even sounds more poetic to me mm. when she you know speaks it and and declares it, and it's really beautiful that way. You know, all those languages, man, are a gift from God. Each language, by its not only by it, the words it has and and the way they express ideas, but also by the words it doesn't have, the restrictions it places on you. Creativity is working within restrictions. So each language is its own creative way of of praising God because it doesn't can't come out the same in the other languages. You asked me the other day, like Dasgadi and Lani is the word for smoked. Or smoke, you know, and so you're like, why is that such a long word, you know? 
and I, I didn't have an answer to the movie, but when I went back and talked to my wife, and she, we say smoke in English, you know, smoke. Hey, man, smoke, you know, to smoke the fish. You turn all the nouns into verbs. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, but in Denaina, in her language, Dazgadianlani, it's telling you what the smoke does. That's what it's describing and, what the smoke is doing. It's yeah, it's telling you how the smoke moves, that the smoke goes into the meat. Um, you know, so it's not just smoke, man. It's actually, uh, it's a picture language, you know, <laughs> which takes you to the point where all through the Bible, man, God talks to you and I in pictures because he knows we, we think in pictures. If I say to you, red, you don't think R-E-D. Right. I think of a crayon in a crayon box. You see what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> so, you know. Do you have all the crayons in <laughs> my, my crayon box has got more colors than most, but no. <laughs> you know. So God knows we think in pictures, man. So you look in the book. Remember one of the when we talked before about I see men like trees. He's describing men as trees, and you find that description all through the book. You know, even in Revelation, I think there's a passage in Revelation where John goes, what is this? That, you know, these two trees standing here. And the guy and, and, and the angel said, these are these two angels that stand before God. You know, with the two witnesses, even in Revelation, they're being pictured as trees. You look at like Jesus said, look, you know, when the guys came, the 70 guys came back and they said, Jesus, it was so cool, man, because sick people got healed, man. And, and, and demons had to leave because, you know, in your name, by the authority you gave us, you know. And Jesus said, don't get so excited, boys, about that. He said, because when I saw Satan leave heaven, when my dad had him thrown out, that boy left fast because he left like lightning falling from the sky. But then Jesus said, rejoice that your name is written down in the book of life. And I have given you authority, man, to trample mm -hmm. on serpents and scorpions. Now, if you look at that, you can read by law, sermon. Well, I'm telling you what, I ain't stepping on that scorpion. You know what I'm saying? But what he's saying, he's giving you a picture of the demonic realm is like serpents and scorpions. So you could look at the book, and when the book is referring to serpents and scorpions, you get up the revelation of something, the dragon, that serpent of old. Mm -hmm. You know, he's talking about the demonic realm, but he's giving you a picture to apply to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see? He, he, I, think, I don't know, speak Jewish, but I'll, be, I'll lay you out. It's pretty much a picture language. The, the pictures... Are, are the way you think underneath the words, like your, your actual thought. When you're dreaming, you're dreaming in pictures. And when you try to wake yeah. up and you try to, you try to take that and condense it into words, it's like trying to shove a giant balloon into a little box, you know? It just, <laughs> and even if you get it out and you read it back, it doesn't encompass what you were feeling with those images in the dream. So when, you're, when he's speaking to us in images, He's communicating to us on a level much more profound than language can encompass. And it can be, it can have, you know, they say pictures worth a thousand words. You can interpret this in many different ways and each way might still be true. Like we, we grab it and we tend to, okay, so that he's t saying this. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, but he might be up there saying, well, I'm also saying this and this and this and, yeah, this, and this and this and this. This was one dream, but it doesn't mean there's only one thing I'm saying here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, God's a guy who gets a lot of miles out of just a few words. <laughs> I mean, let that be light, and that one's still going. You see what I'm saying, you know? It made me think of, like, if, if, he, if I can, I'll, I'll give you guys a dream, okay? That I had this dream a while ago that I was... I was walking along this in the field, like these grass, big, tall, grassy field, like maybe waist-high grass. And I, I could look out on the grass, and I saw eagle feathers laying on top of the grass. 
And I look on the right-hand side up on a hill. It was, uh, it was like a rolling grassy hill, and up on the top was this old-time, like a old-time one-room schoolhouse building. And this old guy came and stood in the doorway, and he called to me and says, come into my field and gather up the feathers. So I walked into the field, and I started gathering the feathers, and as the very first eagle feather I picked up was as long as my arm. You know, and, and I started following, and I realized, man, these eagle feathers are making a, a specific trail. And I get to the last one, and when I do, I look, laying on the ground, in the grass there was this eagle with his wings spread out and face down on the ground. Mm -hmm. But this thing is massive, huge. It looked like it's dead, but it's massive, huge, you know? And I called to the old guy in the schoolhouse. I said, hey, man, come help me pick up this eagle. And the old guy comes down, and he looks at it, and he looks at me, he goes, I'm not going to pick it up. You are. And I'm thinking, oh, man. So I put my hand under the head of the eagle, and I got my hand around the claws, but the claws were so big I couldn't get my hand to go around it. And I went to pick that thing up, and when I did, the thing came live in my hands. And it started moving, and his claw came loose, and boy, I just let that thing go. <laughs> and it took off flying, but it would fly like a bird that was wounded. It would dip down, mm. and it would come back up. Every time it dipped down, these magpies and ravens would come to try to knock it down. Mm. Well, then all of a sudden, there's this massive black thunder and lightning storm coming from as high as you can see in the heavens to as low to the ground as you can see. And the eagle dipped down like this. And he came, and the eight magpies and ravens came to try to knock it down. And he came to, up like this. When he came up this time, a single beam of light came out of heaven and shined onto the eagle. And when the eagle hit that, he began to soar like an eagle supposed to soar. Mm -hmm. And went all the way up and just disappeared in the heavens. And that was the dream, you know? I'll give you one more, and another time that I dreamed that I'm, along with the eagle, I, I, I go, I see this field that's on fire, and I run into the field, man, and I'm trying to put out the fires everywhere. But all of a sudden, I look, and sticking out of the, the bushes is a, 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 a birch bark canoe. Mm. And I run over, and I go to pull it out, and it's full of native artifacts. Mm. And it's got newspaper clippings and whatnot in there. And somehow I knew, like, wow, this has been put here as some kind of curse on whoever's defiled the land. But I began to pray over it in the name of Jesus by the uh, word of God and the blood of the Lamb, you know. And, and uh, then I load this canoe in my truck, and, man, now the cops are showing up. And I'm like, oh, no, man, they're going to see this canoe in the back of the truck, and I'm going to get in trouble here, you know. And But they stopped, and they never saw it, man, so I drove off. And I wind up taking the canoe back to the native people that it belonged to, all right? And, and I wind up, I'm like in this village where there's this, like a lake with a beautiful rocky shore, and you went up this hill, and there was this old house. And I go in the old house, and when I'm in the old house, there's a young native guy. He's looking down the stairs. He's got like a, he's got a baseball hat on with a single beaded feather hanging off the back, and he's yelling down the stairs, evoke the old ways, evoke the old ways. And he would go, no, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. And he'd go back and forth, back and forth like this. And all of a sudden, I got like x-ray vision, and I can see through the floor. And I see these three older native fellows, three elders, and they're standing in the shape of a triangle. And they're doing the same thing. They're going to evoke the old ways, you know, follow Jesus, and they're going back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, the three dudes fall out on the floor. Like you've seen them fall out in churches before. You know, they just fall out, but there's no catcher here. These guys hit the floor. Now, all of a sudden, from behind the wall come these three beings. They're shaped like human beings, but their light and the eyes are really dark. And they go over and they go into the guy at the top of the triangle. And in the dream, I'm like, holy cats, those are demons. And they just went in that guy. I said, I'm out of here, boy. And I turned around and I noticed there's a young native girl standing right there. 
And I know she's a Christian without even talking to her. I don't know how, but, and I, and I, and I said, oh, no, man. I said, she don't know about them demons, and I can't leave her here. Then I said, what are you, crazy boy? He said, I said, them are demons, and they went in after that guy. If they come up here and they see the Spirit of God in you, that's going to be, that's going to be conflict. You know, get out of here. And I turned to run again, and I was like, no, I can't leave that girl. She don't know. And I started praying. I said, God, you got to help me. You know, I don't know what I'm doing here, man. And and when I was, I'm praying, the old guy comes up the stairs and his hair is all matted and raggedy. Uh, his one foot is crippled. His clothes are ragged and torn and his eyes got like a gray haze over them, you know? And he's looking at me like, there's something about that guy I don't like, but he can't quite put his finger on it. And he walks by the young lady and says, I'm going down to the river to call the bird, down to the water and call the people together to make more medicine. He goes out. I looked at the young girl. I said, look, hey, the old man, your grandpa, he's got demons in him, man. And we got to pray against him in Jesus name. Me and the girl pray. It was a very short prayer. I don't remember, you know, wasn't like big, heavy, long prayer. We just prayed. Then all of a sudden the dream shifts and the house is full of native people. And all of a sudden from the back room comes the old man. His hair is silvery and combed and beautiful. His eyes are bright and clear. His foot is healed and his clothes brand new. And the dream ends. Those are pretty trippy dreams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get to the end and, and, and I'm walking around when I say, God, I said, why you want to talk to me in these dreams like this? That don't make no sense. I said, God, you know me. I don't even talk English right. I said, why don't you just talk to me plain instead of like in these dreams? And clear as a bell, I heard God speak to me. He said, son, I already know how to speak English. Do you know how to speak my language? Mm. I said, uh, uh, no, sir. I, I guess you got to teach me. You know? yeah. And I, I know those, both those dreams are from God. In the one particular, the, the first eagle dream, I think that, like you just said, there's more than one thing God's speaking out of this. Mm -hmm. I believe it could be a, a, a message for the native people. I also believe it's a message for a nation. But I also believe it's a message for an individual. The eagle feathers represented a specific path. That's the path that God has put you on. The put your hands to the eagle. The eagle is the calling and purpose for which you were created. And God is saying, look, unless you put your hands to that to that calling, unless you put your hands to that purpose for which I created you, it will remain dormant. It will not move from that spot. But you alone, you've been called to do it. You have to put your hands to it. But if you'll put your hands to what I've called you to do, then I will come in my power and in my glory shining down, and I will cause that thing to be bigger and do more than you ever imagined. I think that's one interpretation of that particular dream that God gave me. Uh, I think it also can go more than anything. Yeah, in, in 2013, Nayla was prophesying, and there were prophecies about lots of different nations, but they were all represented by, which goes back to what you're talking about, God speaking figuratively, and he even appreciates each people, sometimes with the images that they chose, sometimes with an image that he, he says that is not the image they chose, but it represents them better. But he was talking about the bear, about the dragon, and then the eagle, and one of the, what he said for the eagle was the eagle would be struck down, but that he would heal it. Sometimes an old man represents the Holy Spirit. Uh, Nayla had, had some dreams where there was an old man, and that was the role he seemed to play in that one. And saying it's it's not just praying for God and His angels to do something, but there's a there's a work, also a work to be yeah, done. Put absolutely. your hands on it, pray for it, minister to it. God wants to involve us in what He's doing. You know, it's kind of trippy to think that God is in all His power. He's God, man. Dude can do whatever he wants, you know. When you're the one and only, you can afford to have an attitude about it. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, from the very beginning, God goes to Adam. All right, boy, come here. 
all of this, all these animals, all of my creation? I want you to name it. Right off the bat, he's involving Adam in what God was doing. If it was me, you know, I'd be thinking, well, now, wait a minute, what if the boy named it wrong? You know, you know, but God gave him that liberty. And I think God gives you and I that same liberty. But he's saying, hey, I have a purpose and a plan for your life. I have opportunity that I want to give to you. But will you partner in it with me? Will you come underneath? Will you submit your will to mine? Will you walk in what I have for you? And let me put my hand to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And with my hand and yours, together, yeah. now we finna do something. Just yeah. follow me, boy. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that, and I tell you the gospel truth, if God ain't in it, I don't want to go. Because yeah. you know? <laughs> if anybody's likely to mess it up, it's going to be me. You know? <laughs> yeah, doing the work, because it's a good Christian thing to do, was was good enough for a long time but today you see the people they they put their hand to the plow and they get they get tired they give up they get burnt up they get exposed they all these all these people who are following all these people who realize they can't do it i think that the work is is you know there was a time of abundance now the work is harder the ground is drier it's it's a harder work and also it's God wanting to do something deeper, not this surface level, just, you know, just scrape a little bit off the surface, plant the seeds yeah. and they'll grow. It's, we got to dig deep. We got to make some changes, fundamental changes in the person. Our, our culture in this, or in this time is, is destructive. And it, it, it erases people's identity. It erases their, who you are and who God is and, and leaves you just kind of spinning in this, circle of uh, I, I need I need something I need something I need something yeah. endlessly and to to dig past that and reintroduce them to their heart and that cry inside of them is a harder and deeper work than what had to happen 30 or 50 years ago maybe you know it was good enough at that time it's not good enough anymore sometimes it's like when you play you know when you're playing football you're in the huddle and a quarterback called the play. In this case, Jesus is the quarterback. He's called the play in the huddle, a 24 dive, two back through the four hole. But Jesus gets up there to the line and he's reading the defense, that linebacker roaming to and fro. And Jesus sees that he's already lined up an outside linebacker to come into that four gap, into that four hole. And so Jesus calls an audible at the line. But when you get up there, the quarterback gets up on it and he says, ready. And you back there going, man, it's a 24 dive. I know what a 24 dive is. Just give me the ball, man. The book itself says go. The preacher on the radio said you said go. You know, what do you mean ready? And Jesus is like, ready? And you're like, all right, ready. And then he's like, set. He's like, ready, set. What happened to go? What happened to, you know, go ye, go ye. It says it in the book, you know. And Jesus is like, ready. And you're like, all right, ready. And then set, and you're set. And you know it's a 24 dive. And all of a sudden, Jesus goes, Ranger Blue 298. And you're like, oh no, it was a 24 <laughs> dive now. 22 dive. That's a sweep right, sweep right. Oh, you know. <laughs> so you get it in your mind, and, 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 and Jesus calls and he and he gives a, a hard count, and Satan jumps off sides. Mm. And now the ball's been moved five yards, you didn't do nothing. You know? <laughs> and he gets in the huddle, he calls the play again, and you get up there, all right, go ye. I'm ready. Let's go ye, go ye. And Jesus like, ready? And you're like, 
ready, all right, ready. You know, Zed, I'm Zed, you know. And then now he's called that, does that sweep right, you know. And that devil, he's moving to and fro, to and fro like he does. What he don't know is on the play that Jesus called, when he's coming in that gap to block it in that hole, he's got a big old pulling guard. He's got a big old angel coming running a trap block right in that hole where Satan thinks he's going to go. And boom, that big old guard hits him and a tight end peels out. You got open field running. Because you listened and you didn't go till the quarterback said go. But see, even in football, if you jump before the quarterback says go, what happens? Offside. That defense gets to put a smack on you yeah. and the referee can't even throw a flag. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And sometimes people wonder, well, why in the world am I getting beat up over here? You know? Maybe you jumped offside. Sometimes maybe you're running that 24 dive and you got to plow through some things before you get to the other side, you know? And it ain't about making a touchdown every time. It's just moving the ball three, four yards. Yeah. You know, and then do it again and do it again and do it again. But you follow Jesus in it. Because he knows what the enemy's doing. Yeah. He's reading the defense. You know, that's how you know. You you cannot get something like that out of tennis. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Some golfers might. <laughs>